Okay, so you guys are okay with both the etchy and the potential blackface at the end of it. <laughs> well, you know. Well, I don't know if I would say I'm okay with it, but I'm okay, I'm okay to read the series. Okay. <laughs> but that was the kind of okay I meant. Yes. <laughs> because I don't think I'm okay with what it's doing, but we're not quite there yet, and I've already been having to fight a lot of people on Twitter who are like, this is what cosplayers do, and it's like, no, for cosplay, you do not change your skin tone. <laughs> yep. So we're really looking cosplaying forward. for 12 ass years, apparently. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to all of these cosplayers at the cons that are apparently going to just show up in uh, Yellowface for all of their Asian cosplays. Are you thinking about anything in particular that's going to bring that one on, or...? Yeah, just that they're all Asian characters, and apparently we do that now. Oh, okay, okay. I was wondering if I missed something, since I'm not watching all the anime this season, but okay, yeah, yeah we're talking in general. Okay. Yeah. Welcome back, y'all, to another episode of Manga in Your Ears. My name is Helen. Corey and April are with me. Hello. We are slightly delayed, partially because of me going to Katsukan for a week and thinking I would have my crap together, and I did not, so recording this a little late. And then we're also recording this late because Corey became a pet parent, and that involves pet visits. Yep. I literally said we could have delayed a week, Helen, and you were like, no, surely I'll have my shit together. It, I was hoping, vainly, you know, that I'd be ready before Katsukan, and just, <laughs> nope, did not work out like that. <laughs> But we are back with two titles, as usual. First, we're going to be talking about Boy Meets Maria, and then we're going to be talking about The Way of the House Husband. So no synergy between these titles this week. <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> so for Boy Meets Maria, this is by the um, uh, recently passed Peo. It's a one-volume story where we have um, a Taiga, who's a high school guy who wants to become an actor, it's funny, the story starts out a little bit of this flashback to his childhood where he's really admiring, like, Tiger Mask on TV and saying he wants to become a hero who protects women. And then it jumps to high school and he wants to be an actor, so I, I was a little surprised. I guess when he said he wanted to become a hero, he meant, like, a superhero character? A little strange there, but anyway, moving on. And he's really enchanted by one of the other freshmen in the drama club who is um, part of, like, their dance troupe, you know, performing, you know, for, like, opening ceremonies, and he finds out that this girl, Maria, is actually a guy named Arima. Some people just flipped his name around for the Maria uh, moniker. And what follows is a one-volume story where um, we're focusing on both Taiga, trying to win over Arima's affection and become a better actor in the process, and Arima just dealing with a lot of gender crap. Arima um, is the child of a famous actress who really wanted a daughter, but it sounds like she was only able to have one child. And so um, she raised her child to present and dress as a girl all throughout elementary school, maybe even junior high, just to the point where even Arima's teachers were not aware he was actually a boy. And so he has these very confused feelings about gender since yes he would would like to be a guy 
but in some ways he still kind of has a little bit of uncertainty about presenting like a guy, but other times he doesn't like presenting as a girl, since we got a trigger warning for the series, which is um, attempted, very closely attempted rape by a teacher at one point when he is a young child. And uh, cl- clarification, was this actually attempted or was it successful? That is a good point. Um, I didn't get the impression that it was attempted when I read it. <laughs> yeah. They I'm not exactly sure. And uh, we're still talking about it if you skip forward a little bit, but not enough. But uh, I thought that his dress was like literally bloody. Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure if it was a successful penetration or not. Mm. <laughs> It, it is to the point where it is definitely traumatizing for Arima, regardless, because yes. it's the teacher he previously trusted a lot, who just turns out to be a fucking pedophile. Um, yeah, so a content warning for all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Which I definitely didn't know going in, and I was like, okay then, we are going here. <laughs> and <laughs> and so as um so yeah, this whole volume is. With Taiga as the lead, you know, he's our main point of view character, but we also spend a lot of time with Arima just trying to figure out gender, not so much attraction, but just gender since he's had kind of a weird, I mean, not kind of, a definitely weird upbringing that's really given him some, not self-confidence issues or anything like that, but just messed with his head, you know? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's definitely a lot going on in this one volume. And I read it kind of split up. So I I didn't I I hadn't gotten to the part where they talk about his background and all that. So I think I thought the story was going one way that maybe he wanted to present as a girl and was struggling with. That's what I thought. And then I Mm -hmm. put down the book for a while and then I came back to it for the the podcast today. And then I'm like, oh, that's not where that was going at all. So that was (laughs) definitely a surprise about midway or even three quarters into the book but uh, i like their their relationship and tyga seems like he really cares even if he's very naive at least initially um i think uh the author did a lot the author did a lot i think yeah yeah i really liked this um I think the the story they were telling with tyga you saw him early on with just his dad you know um, like his mom's not in the picture, his dad seems to be kind of ignoring him in a lot of ways. Um, and I don't know if that's because of negligence or because of busyness. Um, it seems to be more the latter by the end. Um, I also got the impression that Taiga had pushed him away a little bit since he viewed his yeah. father as being partially responsible for his mother's death. Yeah. I mean, he, he knows that's not really how it was, but he's still smarting from that, like, Eight years on or yep. so. Yep, and spoil. Well, I mean, it's only one volume. I think we're going to spoil a lot of things in this one, in this uh, story. But um, spoilers: his dad also was cheating on his mom at some point, right? Or that's the implication, the heavy implication by Taiga. It was. I don't think it was confirmed directly by his dad uh, or any other character, but that seems to be what was going on. Yeah, I know Taiga definitely thought that since their parents were having domestic issues before his mother took ill mm-hmm. and his thought has always been oh my dad was carrying flowers that day we visited my mom in the hospital for the last time but he veered off he didn't actually visit her so clearly those flowers were for someone else and we do find out the reason later he veered off and those flowers were in fact for Tyga's mom mm-hmm. so i'm not entirely sure if he was cheating or not um yeah 
April, what about you? We, we've got two, we've got one of us on each side here. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, of I didn't. I didn't think. Uh, I could say you think that initially, and I wonder. Obviously, we're supposed to think that, but I don't know that that's how it actually turned out in the end. Like I said, for me, the the book really shifted. Like it's just not. I, I put the book down at the perfect time where I thought the book was about <laughs> a different narrative than what it actually wound up being. And I put it down for a while. I got it. I think I got it for Christmas. So I'd read a chunk of it and then put it down and then we were doing And just like, it was a totally different story by the time I picked it up again. So, but no, I wasn't sure that that's actually what had happened by the end. Yeah. Yeah. Unclear overall, but they, they were having just general marrow issues. And then his mom got, got sick. He started pushing his dad away uh, for a lot, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you know, you're a child, you blame someone for something that like your mother dying um and he happens to blame his dad but also because he wants to be a superhero and his dad is like that's not real uh eventually he realized that these are actors and now he wants to be an actor but like that's traumatizing in a way uh in a different way from your mom dying or the the kind of trauma that uh arima went through but still a kind of trauma yeah and when we talk about this volume being a little condensed a little messy I don't feel like that's to the story's detriment. I think it works in conjunction with just the fact that this is kind of a strange story. Um, I would still call it a queer story, um, mm-hmm. even if Arima is, in fact, you know, a cis guy who's in a, like, anime-only situation, basically, of having been raised one way, but actually feeling like his true self is being assigned male at birth. You know, he's actually happy with that. But... um Taiga is initially crushing on Maria, but finds out it's actually Arima pretty quickly and realizes that, you know, he he is still crushing on Arima. You know, he's not actually too concerned with the gender here. So um, I think we could definitely call it queer for that. I think we could even call it queer just for, you know, exploring gender. Who cares if you have a dick? (laughs) I've seen um, some people say before that um, it, it would be really nice if everybody, not just um trans folks or non-binary folks you know kind of interrogated their gender you know to really think you know this is how i am is this who i want to be is this how i want to present is this how i want to act etc and i feel like this story um kind of fits in with that a little bit in a bit of a backwards way and again i I think that all this messiness works together not against the story and i do feel like one volume wasn't too short or anything. I felt like everything actually did wrap up nicely by the end. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's really tragic that um, this was um, Manga Peo's first work, and they passed away either this August or the August before, really recently, with another work unfinished, and they were only 23. So that was just... Uh, when I got to the back of the book, you know, and I looked at it, you know, after reading it, I read that they were like, it said like recently deceased. I felt like I was smacked across the face. And so I went, <laughs> no, this felt like a really interesting uh, first work. I wanted to see where this person was going to go. What other issues were they going to tackle? You know, would their stories become even more mature and complex, you know, as time went by? And then seeing that they were only 23 when they passed and, and it's like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was August uh, August 29th, 2020, when the ANN article went up. Uh, Kimio Alive, that's their other manga, uh, by Kosei Eguchi. And yeah, he was only 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems to be, uh, from the article, an emergency uh, on a certain day. And then two days later, he passed away. And 
Like, no cause of death given. We don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, August 2020, it could have been COVID. It could have not been COVID. Uh, two days, you know, it could be anything. I have known friends with a parent who's passed within, like, just two days of COVID, but they were much older than 23. Yeah. And don't you know the Japanese government doesn't want to admit that COVID's actually there. It's all these foreigners bringing it in who we haven't let into the country for years at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, they have a cover of uh, Kimio Alive uh, on this article, and it looks incredible. Uh, very vibrantly colored. Um, pretty interesting characters designs. Like, Boy Meets Maria is pretty standard uh, kind of manga anime type character designs, but uh, this one looks a little bit more interesting, and at least from the frenetic look of this cover, I'd be really interested to, to read it. I think there's only two volumes, and it was mm-hmm. obviously ongoing. You can slap that in an omnibus and see what happens. Yeah, maybe we'll get some of these taking a chance on it like that, since yeah. otherwise I don't see any of the other publishers going for a obviously unfinished work by a not very well-known creator, Yeah, sadly. Yeah. This one is really good. I feel like he was going to, uh, he, she, they, I don't know, um, they were going to really kick it off if they got the chance to uh, get an anime made out of their stuff, at least. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the physical volume for this one, it's, I, I like the design of it. It's really pretty. I think I, I picked it up mostly because of that, because I don't think I ever saw this in the store. I just bought it blind online because... I thought that it, just based on the cover, I thought maybe it was a queer story, and I'm just always picking those up. But the physical volume itself is really beautiful. I really enjoyed just this this one volume, and I'm glad that I picked it up. wasn't quite what I expected there in the middle, but I still really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I mean, these are two, uh, two characters who went through a lot, went through different things a lot, um, but they, they found each other. And um, it was just a nice single-volume story. And the bonus story at the end with their date is just <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It ends on a high note. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think all three of us would recommend this one, you know, if you're comfortable with the content warning we gave, you know, to go in and just, it's not going to take you very long to read it, at least. <laughs> yep. Any other thoughts, or do we want to move on to Reformed Yakuza? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for me. This is a good one. Yep. All right, folks, we'll take a little break, and then we will be back. <laughs> And sell my guts Send them overseas Do you want to take this knife And tie me up And tell me if I We're back, and we're going to talk about The Way the House Has Bangs, which, as Helen said, is about an ex-Yakuza boss. Goes by the name of Taksu, but uh, was also nicknamed the Immortal Dragon. Uh, I believe he has a dragon tattoo on his back. Uh, or maybe I'm just... I mean, Tatsu can mean dragon, depending on how it's written, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, the manga do not say that. Um... Yeah, I think that's the, the case, or I am conflating it with the Yakuza game, which I'm also playing right now. Um, but there's a lot of a lot of parallels between Taksu and Kiryu. But anyway, um, as the title says, the Taksu is a house husband, and he does everything that is house husbandy. Um, he has a wife named Miku, 
who uh, is an otaku, and she likes this magical girl anime that's um, about... It's called Polycure, uh, as in police cure, and probably playing I feel on... like this is impugning the good name of Precure, to be mixing it up with the police. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> that is exactly what I was going to say. Uh, sorry, Polycure, but you are also bastards. Um, she, she loves that anime, and uh, she's a career woman. She just... Um, Works all day and goes with Taksu and eats food in the night. Uh, but this whole manga is basically one shots of uh, Taksu's uh, exploits and things that he's doing. Um, I read all of the volumes that are out in English now, um, so I quite enjoyed it. But um, I don't know if it's like um, a necessary read, but it is something that's very easily digestible and very entertaining when you're reading it. So would you go out and now watch the anime, a.k.a. it's the manga panels, but barely animated? <laughs> I'm not going to watch that, if that's the case. If it was, like, a full-on anime, it I would is. watch it. <laughs> yeah, the um, the producer or the director, I forget who it was, they'd never really worked in anime before, and they said in an interview that they wanted to make it as close to the manga as possible, which apparently <laughs> not barely animated yet. It's a strange choice. I know there is a live-action version as well. I've seen some people live-tweet about it on Twitter, where apparently the two of them have a kid, so... Yeah, that's what I read on uh, on Wikipedia here. In the TV drama, they have a dogger named Kimawari, or Miku has a dogger named Kimawari. It does not say that it is also Taksu's dogger. That was not the case in the manga. They're just, uh, they have their uh, cat Living dogger. that young, child-free life. <laughs> yep. Although they do have a cat. Do they get a dog later as well? I've only read the first volume. They have a cat. They meet a Yakuza boss that has a dog that, like, uh, really dokes on the dog and dresses him up. And Taksu's always like, you know what we gotta do now? And then, like, puts in, puts in a dress and takes pictures of it. <laughs> this is entirely <laughs> correct. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and a lot of the humor in this series comes from stuff like that, playing with the reader's own expectations of what, you know, Yakuza or mobsters are going to do, and then just doing something completely different. Like, there's a couple of scenes where I think Tatsu is, like, sharpening a knife, and then he's using it to make breakfast for his wife. Yeah. And he, um, it's not so much he runs into, but more like some of his former subordinates track him down, and they're just slightly horrified to see that he's become this completely domestic person. And he shows them the way of the house husband, how this is not something to be scoffed at. This is something actually difficult to do. I think he drags mm-hmm. like one of them to a cooking class or something. Yep. So it's this older-looking guy, clearly looks like he's been the Yakuza, diligently taking notes, this young, delinquent-looking dude, and then a whole bunch of, like middle-aged housewives <laughs> i've seen uh one episode of the anime and yeah it's not it's not very animated but i haven't this is my first time reading the manga and i thought it was like some of the funniest shit i read this week like it was really <laughs> that funny some of the gags just really got me today so i really enjoyed it i read almost two volumes and there's the chapter with the rumba that i thought was funny um he goes to a <laughs> he goes to a yoga class but he talks about like how all of the moves make him think of different like yakuza things and there's the chapter where <laughs> where he goes to buy his wife a birthday gift like some 
something to do with that police cure show or whatever. But I, he eventually finds out at the end that he, he he bought her a copy that she already owned. She's like, oh, this is great, but I already have this. And he, the end of the chapter, he goes to cut his finger off. I just thought that was hilarious. I really enjoyed this one a lot. It takes a lot to uh, to make me laugh out loud when I'm reading manga, and I did that several times. It's, it was really pretty funny. Yet another comedy manga that kicks with you. I mean, you <laughs> mentioned before that you didn't like comedy manga, but we're really thinking that that's not true. Yeah, maybe, maybe so. Oh, this one, this one was funny. Maybe you were just reading really bad comedy manga all along. Maybe that was the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you mentioned that he uh, um, was conflating yoga things with the Yakuza life. He does that later on with poems as well. Um, and that's kind of one of my favorite things about it is that he always says something like, oh, you know what we got to do in this situation. And then he says like as if he is going to uh, make him swim with the fishes. But he really means like we're going to go fishing. I don't think swimming with the fishes is going to be an effective way to catch them. Like I know some people can do it like barehanded, but I think they're still standing outside of the water at that point. Um, I'm not it's sure not how to fish. Helen. This is how I find humor in things, Corey. God damn it. <laughs> I will admit, I was a bit more lukewarm on this series, especially since I was reading it, you know, to review. My copy was a review copy from Viz. And, um, yeah, it's kind of along the lines of, it's more or less one joke, and the joke is, haha, it's a former Yakuza guy, and he's doing non-Yakuza things, but you can't, you can take the guy out of the Yakuza, but you can't take the Yakuza out of the guy. But, um... It, it, they do find a lot of variations on this one joke. I just read one volume and I went, yeah, I think I'm good. Although I've seen snippets of later skits on Twitter and I thought, mm, maybe I should see if the library has any volumes of this. You know, just read a bit more of it for fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a downside of manga in that, like, if there's a good comedy anime, but, like, not all the jokes hit with you, you can just watch episode one and episode three and episode 17 but that's a lot harder with, like, reading chapter 3 and chapter 17 and chapter 15. I mean, I think it's easier out. with books, since then you can just flip the pages really fast instead of having to, like, exit out of that episode on Crunchyroll, scroll to the <laughs> next episode, try that one, you know? Yeah, but then you have to find all the books. Like, all the episodes are just on Crunchyroll. Unless it's on the, the Jump app, but then you still have to buy all the books. Or, I mean, mm-hmm. if it's on the Viz app, but if it's on the Jump app, then you can just do that very confusing app structure viz and it is really sad that this one didn't get a better animated adaptation because i can imagine that if it didn't look like poop that you know there would be <laughs> gifs of it just all over the place like i've seen gifs of it anyway and it just looks really crappy in there but i could see people just going absolutely nuts for this if it had an actual more than half ass adaptation yeah yeah these are the, this is the kind of thing where like people that have never watched it if it was a good adaptation people who had never watched it would do the same thing they do with nichi joe and just like post gifs of it and be like this is hilarious and not know where it's from yes him with like the roomba that's isn't it like making the apartment dirtier or something like it goes over something and then just keeps spreading it around that would be like the equivalent of that what is it like the president's not president like the principal suplexing the deer in nichi joe (laughs) (laughs) that gif that i see around all of all of the time yeah Great gif, by the way. I have absolutely no idea of the context, but it is a good gif. Uh, the context is literally like a deer shows up on the school grounds, and the vice principal is like, what do I do now? And eventually he <laughs> suplexes it. <laughs> this raises more questions than it solves, honestly. 
Uh, yeah, you're not wrong. There's a, a scene in the chapter I just read before we got on the podcast, and it, I think he's shown one of his like Yakuza, former Yakuza subordinates like how to mix these two cleaning things together, like to make what sounded to me like the equivalent of OxyClean. But there is – he goes to, I guess, wash the shirt, like to tell him that you have to put the shirt in water afterwards. And the last thing that I read before we came on is him putting the shirt in the water and being like, now you have to waterboard it. And that's where I had to cut off and come on the podcast. It's like just – it's so – funny to me it just uh it really tickled me so <laughs> i just have not been able to get that out of my mind i want to throw it in there before we before we ended this one but uh, yeah i really i read two volumes of it and thought it was hilarious and i think if i would have gone just based on the anime i don't i don't i i guess i have to watch more of it now but i don't know that it really like it really was as funny to me when i watched that first episode as it is now reading the manga so yeah i think it's variations on that one joke of haha look at him and how those two how like helen said it does play with your expectations and you think he's going to do this and he does this because he's a yakuza guy but it was enough for me yeah i gotta say when you were talking about mixing cleaning materials i first thought this was going to be a joke like this is how you make a bomb or this is how you make noxious gas you know <laughs> i know someone, I someone, mixing like, someone mixing like bleach with the vinegar or whatever it is that yeah. you're not supposed to mix <laughs> and you confirm he has a dragon tech too i'm actually watching the anime uh on mute right now and uh he has like that cory focus on the podcast stop multitasking <laughs> uh he has like that too and i, I want to see the animation and it's not it's not animation. <laughs> it's not animated. Yes, this is the problem. Uh, yeah. Like, the mouths move. There's that. Yes, it is clear the very lowest bar. The very lowest bar is called a pipe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I do like his continued interactions with the police, where he's like, I'm a house husband, and they're like, no, you're not. And they don't believe anything that he says. Oh, when he's growing those random herbs, mm-hmm. and, the, <laughs> and the police are, like, watching him, and then he... he birthday party and the police the police like show up at the party and like what are you doing and he's like i'm just giving these people herbs like that it just this was really hilarious to me the whole thing so. <laughs> do japanese police not know that weed has a very distinctive shape <laughs> like oh, maybe not uh, actually i think it was like already chopped up or something okay maybe um, he was now, rem- now i'm reminded plants. of the scene in oh god damn it Ikuhara's latest show where the kid is actually growing weed, like, in an underground, like, drug garden or something. Sarazanmai? Yeah, Sarazanmai. Did you never see that part? Uh, I mean, I watched the show. I don't remember that part. (laughs) How do you not, how do you not remember the emo kid growing, like, an entire, like, greenhouse's worth of weed underground, and then the cat steals some of it, and they have to run around the amusement park, dressed Uh... up holding hands together to catch the cat? Yes, I do remember this now. I'm looking up images. Netflix is still playing on a different tab. This is my life. <laughs> God damn it, Corey. <laughs> uh, now I'm going to be asking you all the time if you're watching something while we're podcasting. You know, this has just broken my trust. It's very rare that I, I do anything while I'm podcasting. Um, you said it's, it's very rare. This indicates that you do something at times. <laughs> yeah, I do do something at times. Um, this one, my, my section is usually pretty solid because it's, it's not that long. But my other podcast, which always goes long, Sometimes I'm not paying attention. Secrets revealed. Yes. It's okay. Chris never listens to this, so he won't know. <laughs> it's okay. I, th- I think during our Anime of the Year podcast, I think I was playing Genshin Impact at some points when I wasn't talking. Yep. Same. Well, not Genshin Impact, but I was just browsing Twitter. Anyway, Way of the House Housewives. Pretty funny. Yep. Uh, definitely recommended, although we do not recommend the anime, and we are 
moot on the live action version. If anyone has seen the live action version and would like to um, convince us to watch it, please get um, talk to us at Manga in Your Ears on Twitter. <laughs> yep. Uh, anything else before we close out the episode? Nope, we had two good. Always excellent when that happens. Uh, because we truly, we usually go into this having never read at least one of the picks. <laughs> it's like, well, I guess what, we're going to find out what this is like. True. Sometimes, though, we've read or heard of both of them. and we're like, Yes, we're talking about the good. clamp nonsense coming next time. Yep. Well, let's see what happens. Surely it won't be that bad. Corey, you read out before this podcast started that the two romantic leads are 32 and 16. Yep. Sure did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, where can we find everyone online? Uh, you can find me. I'm sorry. This series has got me tickled to death. And it's like every time I go to talk, I think about something from that series and it's just killing me. But you, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at Mondia Ren. I'm still there. Um, I'm still alive and you can find me there. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Wandering Dreamer. And you can find the reviews I write for both manga and light novels, including one for this first volume of The Way of the House Husband a couple of years ago over at theosg.com. I'm also on their podcast, which you can find on the website or through links on Twitter at the OSG. You can find me on Twitter at Passionate K. You can find this podcast on Twitter at Mugging in Your Ears, as Helen said. And you can find all of our episodes over at kaikupodcasts.com. That is T A I I K U. And uh, that's it. Another episode done. We did it, guys. And without any interruptions from your new cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, y'all.